Hello and welcome to View from the Ninian. I'm Scott Salter and today we're going to be looking forward to this weekend's match against Liverpool. I'm joined today by Paul Gronu, another member of the View from the Ninian team. How are you, Paul? Absolutely fantastic. Thanks, Scott. Good, no worries. Thanks for joining me today. You're welcome. Look forward to it. Yeah, so we're, we're recording this about five minutes after Liverpool have just beaten Red Star Belgrade 4-0 in the Champions League. Did you catch any of the game, Paul? <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't. That's that's news to me. So uh, I might have to change a few of my notes. <laughs> wow. Yeah, sadly, I think it was a, a a bit of a, a taste of things to come for us on Saturday. Um, they they scored four. They also missed the penalty, and um, it looked as though they in attack it sort of started to click for the first time this season. So um, oh, yeah, a few things to worry about. Before we we look forward to the Liverpool game, Paul, I just want to have a look quick chat with you about the Fulham match um, mm-hmm. you were at the game weren't you yes yep, yeah at the game of course yep absolutely yep. what did you make of it uh, well first of all I I didn't expect to win so I, I know that sounds a bit silly but uh, I was hoping we would win but I actually predicted a 3-1 loss okay. I thought um, optimistic I, <laughs> <laughs> I usually am that's the worst part of boring I get let down so often I change my mind this time so I went with the whole, oh, I'm feeling, you know, we're going to get turned over. And partly probably because I'm still disappointed from the Boxing Day game where I thought, you know, we're going to push on. And they did that to us. So I predicted a 3-1 loss. So I didn't expect to win. but um, And then, of course, we started off so well. Uh, Murphy has that uh, fantastic shot. And then Shirley goes up the other end and scores a worldie. And you thought, oh, no. Uh, it's going to be one of those days. But to, to strike back like we did immediately, um, to put them on the back foot again, uh, and actually, to my surprise anyway, we we dominated large swathes of that match, I yeah. thought. Um, Cardiff are always uh, painted in a sort of quite a negative light by people outside of the club and the fan base and as longball merchants and, 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 and thugs. But uh, a lot of the football that we played was really neat and tidy, especially through the middle three. Murphy had a fantastic first 30 minutes, um, faded a little bit, um, although I'm not sure whether he was carrying a knock or something. Yeah. But um, I thought Cardiff were excellent and uh, blew, blew them away. We could, have, we could have had more. Yeah, definitely. And I think, I think you touched on something really important then when um, you say we get labelled all the time as these long ball merchants. So mm. I think Saturday's match against Fulham was a classic example of yeah, we do like to to be solid at the back, and we do like to, um, you know, we do like to to get the ball deep into an opposition's half. But once we're there, we play ex- exceptional football. You know, especially with the likes of um, Josh Murphy and Bobby Reed, that pace and, and sort of trickery that they've brought into the side um, yeah. has really made a difference. And I, I think you're right. I think we get a, a bad rep a lot of the time. Yeah, I agree, and I try not to be. Uh, you know, to get too upset about it in the sense uh, oh well, you know, people don't like us, who cares, but sometimes it, it does become a bit frustrating because it's, it doesn't actually reflect the reality of those mm-hmm. of us who are going there to watch all the home games and some of the away games and to see what Neil's done over the last two years and they th- if they think we were long ball boring football, they should have seen us under Slade, <laughs> yeah. we really were then, but yeah. under Warnock and, and Blackie etc it's been totally different and yeah, we don't mess around with it at the back, but all the city fans I know don't give a monkey's about that. 
And to be fair, we love the we, fact we, we never forward. really have. You know, I can't no. remember no. a city manager, in, you know, I've been going down the city for over 20 years, that, that played mm. good football. Probably I know, Dave a... Jones was okay going forward, wasn't he? Yeah. You know, it was kind of like swashbuckling, but even then there was times when it was flat. Yeah. Solskjaer tried to implement this kind of splitting the centre-backs and all that, didn't have the players to do it. And... I don't think you can call it football in the Solskjaer, can you? <laughs> <laughs> it was awful, wasn't it? It was, it was yeah. awful. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I agree. We've never been a tippy-tappy, and you know what? That's fine, because yeah. it's more than one way to win a, fo- win a football game. So... Uh, yeah, Fulham tried to play their game and Cardiff stopped them. And, you know, you would never have known that they'd spent 110, no. 20, 20 million more than we, you know, than we did. Yeah, you mentioned about one of the things that Cardiff were really good at on against Fulham was, was stopping their attacks. And I think one of the key key components of that was the return of Aaron Gunnarsson. Um, yeah. I thought he was exceptional. I thought that not only did he bring a bit of defensive solidity and he really had that bite and the... You know the passion to break up the Fulham attacks, but he played the simple passes really well. You know, yeah. he, he identified when you know Callum Chambers was really, really struggling against Josh Murphy. He just kept pumping that ball in behind Chambers, giving Murphy the space to run onto it, and he really caused him problems. Yeah, we wrote a piece, didn't we, on um, View for the Union last a couple of weeks back when Rawlsey got suspended that. It might actually be a blessing in disguise mm. for Cardiff because we, although we love Rawls and he is the closest thing that we've got to an academy graduate type thing, and we've seen him develop and 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 it, it is in no way personal uh, mm. to say that Gunners could have offered something different, and we all saw it on Saturday. Uh, I I don't want to jump on the whole the problem is resolved because Saturday's challenge is going to be you know a whole new ball game, but. He offered composure. He was great in the tackle. And Rawlsy, although I love him, uh, at times he does appear to panic and just kick the ball away. Yeah. Whereas Gunners picked the pass, knew where to put it. And and I think they identified pretty early, if not before, Chambers was a weak link. And they identified that as just get it down there and let Murphy do his thing. And it worked. It worked a treat. Yeah, definitely. And also, one other thing was he was seen, he was like kind of galvanising the defence. He was chatting to Etheridge, telling him to keep his focus when things weren't quite going to plan. He was talking to the fans when he was taking his throw-ins. The supporters were reacting to him. So he he was another leader on the pitch. And that's one thing that we can't yet say about Rawls. He's not yet a leader. No, yeah, I agree. I think that as well, while Sean Morrison is a leader in terms of um, you know, leading the defence and, and a presence like that, he's not the most vocal. Particularly, um, yeah, I've seen noticed so much in the Premier League already the amount that that players are getting in the refs' faces, and yeah. Morrison's not really that type of player. That's not a criticism of him at all. But Gunnison was doing that on Saturday, and he was really leading that fight, and and that energises the crowd, like you said. We love it, don't we? We absolutely yeah. love it. You know, someone who's prepared to kind of give it all for the cause and and stand up for the shirt and say. Um, this is not acceptable, you know. If they're going to go in your ear, well, then so am I. And did you see that ref? And why didn't you give that? And and he was right, absolutely right. There was a few things that didn't go our way. I think uh, maybe their their second goal led from Murphy getting what we all thought was a foul, mm-hmm. and the referee didn't give it, and off they went. And okay, yeah. Cardiff could have perhaps concentrated a bit better, and Joe Bennett would be disappointed to have let uh, Sessignon get across him. But um, 
Gunnison was the first one to highlight that straight afterwards. You know what happened yeah. there, Raf. So yeah. Um, yeah, he brings a lot of things that Rawls he doesn't yet have. I mean, he's well, I don't know how much older than him six six years, maybe five mm-hmm. six years. So he, you know, and he's a lot. He's been to a World Cup, a Euros. I mean, I was thinking about this on the way home from work today. If you were to go and and, and price up a, an international captain that had played in the World Cup and European Championships. We could never replace Gunnison for no. without spending, yeah. you know, seriously big money. Yeah, so, you know, the guy is, um, he really is a gem. He is. Yeah. So looking forward to, to this weekend's match against Liverpool, Paul. Um, plain and simple, have we got much of a chance? <laughs> small, uh, a small chance. Uh, stranger things have happened, obviously. Um, I seem to remember Liverpool going to Swansea a few years back, Um Maybe even last season, perhaps. It might have been last season. And um, they got turned over. It was a draw. It was a shock result. So, and you saw, you know, if you saw them against Huddersfield, um, they didn't wipe the floor with them. Although Huddersfield had, a, you know, um, a couple of chances to, to draw and didn't take them. I think that, that sort of thing can give us hope that uh, it's not a foregone conclusion. Yes, it is, you know, in all likelihood going to be a, a bit of a footballing lesson. If we can compete with the likes of Arsenal and Tottenham, uh, then, yeah, I don't see any reason why we can't give Liverpool a game. Yeah, definitely. And I think that traditionally, um, we've not seen it as much this season from Liverpool, but they've struggled against sides like us. Sides that have played a a low defensive block have got 10, 11 men behind the ball and really said to Liverpool, come on, come on, break us down. And that's something they have struggled with in the past. So I expect Warnock to to adopt those type of tactics again I think he's um, learned his lessons slightly from the you know over the top press that he, he deployed against Arsenal and then um, Chelsea mm. I think it, it yeah. worked to an extent against Arsenal because Arsenal are quite nervous at the back particularly Petr Cech in goal but I think against Chelsea yeah. we you know we, we were outclassed and we were easily you know passed around and the, the press was bypassed and I think that's something that we'll see against Liverpool as well yeah um, so I think if we could, if we can play deep um, a defensive block, if we can have Gunner in there again and Harry Arter, you know, leading that midfield battle, I think we can frustrate them. The problem we'll have is is breaking forward, isn't it? Is how how we can get from yeah. there to threaten their goal. I I hope we can disrupt their counter attacks because obviously the moment they get the ball, the keeper's amazing with his distribution anyway. Yeah. So I'm assuming that they're going to be working on quick blocks and maybe even picking up the yellow cards, you know, and the old professional fouls to stop uh, them breaking away and hitting us on the break. Um, because I think that's going to be a big win for them. Uh, we're more than a match from set pieces at defense, defensively, normally anyway, although we've let a few corners in this year. Uh, and I do think a set piece going forward will be maybe our, our best chance to score. I, we haven't really kind of exploited that this season like we did last yeah, I've been really disappointed with us from set pieces this year. It was one of our, you know, biggest yeah. outlets last year, and we've not really threatened. One of we the all expected with, goals from them, didn't we? Yeah, yeah. One of the things with Gunnarsson coming back is it has freed up Sean Morrison to get in the box for the long throws. I think it's, finally, yeah, it, it's a waste having Morrison taking the long throws because no one else wins the ball in the box, really. Yeah, the only other one that potentially could is Patters. So, yeah. you know, um. In fact, Patters seems to barely lose an aerial duel. So I know if he's fit, uh, because I, 
I mean, it appeared to be walking wounded on Saturday. Yeah. You know, Pato seemed to be um, injured from about 30 minutes onwards. Mm-hmm. Josh Murphy seemed to pick up something, possibly in a warm-up, but he played the whole game. Gunners is just coming back from, you know, a long-term injury. Oh, so, off injured as well. Yeah, of course, yeah. I forgot about that. So, um, it would be nice if we could field uh, the same eleven, uh, but... I have my doubts as to whether that's even possible. I mean, Warnock will keep us guessing as always until the last minute. But um, that that eleven to me stands the best chance of getting something, or at least staying in the game for as long as possible. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think as long as we, I think that is our strongest eleven right now. Um, yeah, agreed. I think that it, it surprised a lot of us that, that Patterson has ended up as our our main striker so early in the season. But, I mean, that, that's testament to how well he's done. You said he, he wins a lot of aerial battles. I think against Fulham, he won eight aerial duels where the, the Fulham centre-half won one each. So that's which, amazing. Which, yeah, that is shows, amazing. It shows how, how good he was. And, and with Reed and, and Murphy either side of him, you know, they were able to link up and get on the end of, of those, those flick-ons. And I think if we can have Patterson up there, that could be an outlet outlet for us to to cause Liverpool problems because if they're pushing their fullbacks up, yeah, then Murphy which they Reed, will, yeah, then Murphy and Reed should have space to run in behind. It's just whether they can they can uh, get out of their defensive duties to to give them a space to run into. I have a funny feeling we're going to see a few changes on Saturday, um, but then I had a funny feeling we'd lose last week and I was wrong. So, <laughs> what what do I know? What do I know? I am looking forward to Bamba versus Van Dijkman. Yeah, that'll be, that'll be quite a battle, won't it? I Off think, the corners, yeah, that's going to be fun. I think one of the things that um, that we've always people have always said about Liverpool, as we touched on, have struggled against smaller teams, but also they've struggled defensively. Obviously, in January they spent seventy five billion on Virgil Van Dijk, and then they mm. they spent a similar amount on the goalkeeper Allison. Yeah, it's now turned that into one of their their strongest sort of assets. Um, how do you think we can we can penetrate that strong defence? Well, um, I, set pieces is uh, always, uh, although they've been disappointed this year in some ways, there's always a chance because we've got Bamba, Morrison, Patterson. Um, all three of those are really good in the air uh, and can cause chaos. And the players that are ready there to, to, to snap up the second balls, the the, the Bobby, Bobby Reeds and Josh Murphy. So yeah. um, that's probably... I think that's probably our best chance of of causing Liverpool um, a problem at the back. A little bit like we did with Chelsea, where yeah. we got the, the set piece in the middle of the park. They, they'd worked on a routine and um, and they per- perfected it, and it was a it, it was great. It was one centre half heading it down to another one. So um, for me, that possibly is our best avenue for the weekend to get a goal. Maybe a penalty as well. We do a penalty, so. Yeah. Um, uh, something like that I don't see us I would love to see us breaking and, and, and doing to them what they do to so many people and getting it out to Murphy or or Reedy or somebody and, and kind of just hitting them on the break and, and Patterson being there because he's amazing at timing those runs isn't he Yeah. Uh, to, tap, to tap it in but I'm not confident that we we yet have the ability to do that against somebody like a Liverpool but um, hey ho I could be wrong I think set pieces will be a win for us yeah, you mentioned there that we're, we're due a penalty, but with Rawls uh, still suspended or, or not getting back to the team, who would be our penalty taker, do you think? Ooh, good question. Um, 
Ariasa was... maybe or Camarasa. Yeah, I wouldn't mind either of those two. Or Josh Murphy, he seems to, uh, you know, have a an eye for goal. Yeah. So uh, I wouldn't mind any of those taking them. Yeah, right. it's tricky. Yeah, I, I, we, I don't think we've had a penalty this year, have we? I don't think so. No, I've we've conceded given away a, a few, yeah, but yeah, yeah. we haven't actually had one for us. So yeah, I would probably say Harry Arter might would be the one to say, "Give me the ball, lads." Yeah, and and, and leather it. But um, something like that, I think, would be pivotal. Could be pivotal. I think it's going to be a a niggly game. Klopp's going to get annoyed with some of the stuff that we do. He's a passionate guy. You might see a few things on a touchline. Um, although I love him. I absolutely love him. I think he's a fantastic manager and I love the way he, just everything about him. But um, I think it could be a bit of a feisty game, actually. Yeah. He reminds me a bit, Klopp, of a modern version of, of Neil Warnock. Um, you know, they may play slightly different styles of football, but they're both really passionate. They both have great relationship with not only the fans but the players. Um, yeah. And they also like to feed the feed the media a few lines, and, and their press conferences are always entertaining. Um, yeah. So yeah, we're we're definitely going to see a few interesting battles on the touchline on on the weekend. Yeah, um, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, we'll also probably see a few interesting battles in the stands. Um, obviously, <laughs> Liverpool at Anfield are known for, for a great atmosphere. Um, but also Cardiff fans this season have been commended by um, by neutrals and, and visiting fans by the atmosphere that we've we've been able to create. Um, mm. The big interesting battle will be the battle of the Ale 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 songs. Um, mm, yeah. What do you, <laughs> you make of that? In some ways, I see it as a bit of a storm in the teacup um, because uh, try as they may. They, they didn't invent the song. They, they didn't write it. It's not their song for somebody to steal. Um, they, they they weren't the first ones to sing it. And they may get a bit grumpy about the fact that Cardiff have taken it and amended it and, and, and uh, are using it on a weekly basis as their own. But um, you know what? I think the Cardiff fans are going to sing these Liverpool boys. I definitely do. Um, yeah. I've been to Anfield and it, it, it can be allowed, but... I, you be. I bet you. I, I'm telling you now. I'm predicting now that they will have. They will be outsung for most of the game, even if we're losing. I was at Stamford Bridge, and you would never have known that we were the team that were falling down. It was ridiculous. It yeah. was. I, I'm looking around, thinking these guys must be spoiled because they're seeing this type of football week in week out, and they they don't appreciate it. Whereas for us, we were rolling the boys on from beginning to end, and I think you'll see that again on Saturday. Um, there's nothing like the Cardiff City fans anywhere, and. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as LALA goes, the Cardiff version is much better. Yeah. <laughs> you touched on there about um, that even when we're you know four goals down or wherever it was that that you would never know that. And I think Warnock came out this week, didn't he? And or perhaps after the Fulham game and said that that the Cardiff fans can hold their their heads held high at that mm. that you know even when it's not been going our way, where most fans would have turned against the team. We've been singing, you know, from the first whistle to the last whistle and supporting the boys. Um, and I think, Absolutely. I think we'll continue to see that throughout the season, even if, you know, we are in the relegation fight that, that we all expect to be in. It'll, I, to the to the end, no matter what happens, you know, the, the, the fans will, will back the club. I, I there, is one in, there is one potential um, thing that could happen that might change that, and that's if Neil goes. Mm-hmm. Um, if Warnock walks or the board decide 
they're, they're getting a bit jittery. They want to bring in, I don't know, say a big Sam or somebody like that, a Pulis, to try and ensure survival. Um, you could see it turn a little bit negative then. Um, because the bond is not just with the club, it's with the management team now as well. And um, Warnock represents everything that we love about Cardiff, really. And not just Warnock, but Blackie and, and, and Jeppo as well. That team, um, they represent everything that we love about the Bluebirds. So should the worst happen and they walk or whatever, you could potentially see a change then. But I think as long as they're there, the boys will... And, you know, the stadium's full of men, women, kids shutting their heads off. And I think that'll happen um, no matter what happens, even if we're relegated by March. You know, yeah. the atmosphere will still Definitely. be exactly the same. Definitely. Okay, well, one last thing before we go, Paul. What's your score prediction? Um, head says 3-1 Liverpool. Heart says 1-0. Um, so I will go with the head, sadly, and say uh, we will lose 3-1. Perfect. Well, thank you very much, Paul. Thank you. To get the Liverpool view ahead of Cardiff's trip to Anfield this weekend, I spoke to Liam Prescott. We look forward to the game today with Liam Prescott. Liam is a Liverpool supporter and a writer and podcaster with the likes of Anfield Index and the Anfield Wrap. How are you today, Liam? Good, thank you. Good to be on. Perfect. Thanks for joining us. So, I guess Liverpool, joint top, just three goals conceded so far this season and still unbeaten. How happy are you with Liverpool's start to the season? Yeah, it's been a good start. Obviously, the, the league position is very healthy and we've conceded very few goals. So, the defence is obviously very improved from last season and seasons before. I think the only worry from a Liverpool point of view is just the lack of goals in the side. The front three is not quite Got, uh, got off to the right start yet uh, but they're just still gelling I think maybe it's just a bit a case of uh, summer hangover but yeah I think it's been a good start you can't really complain when you're trying to of the league and a lot of people are saying is this Liverpool side capable of actually challenging and we've come through a pretty hard spell of fixtures before the international break and we've shown people that we are going to be right up there so a relatively easy period of fixtures for us now. No no offence to Cardiff, um, but hopefully a game we should be winning and in, in to continue that form. Yeah, definitely. You talked about the, the improved defence there. Just how important have the signings of Virgil van Dijk in January and Alisson been? Have those two signings alone turned you into title challengers? I think Liverpool were improving defensively before Virgil van Dijk came along and the same goes with Alisson, but... They are massive signings. Virgil van Dijk, obviously, is a leader at the back, someone who we've lacked since the Jamie Carragher and Sammy Hippias. So he, his presence and his overall influence has been massive in the team, especially when you've got the likes of Joe Gomez, who's a lot younger, playing alongside him, who has obviously learned a lot from van Dijk. And then Alisson, again, massive improvement from the likes of Simon Mignolet and Lloris Carius. And his confidence on the ball, OK, he got caught earlier on in the season. But again, we've seen that it's not really disturbed him. He keeps on going, keeps on trying those little neat flicks and playing out the back. And that's exactly what Klopp wants. So there have been two massive signings and, and overall the summer signings were very good this year. On Alisson, um, you mentioned there about that Leicester incident and about the, the tricks and the flicks. What are your, your views on that? I've got some Liverpool supporting friends who horrified every time he, he takes touches on the ball but like I said surely that's 
that's what you get and that's what you want when you, you spend that much money on a goalkeeper and, and it's the modern way of playing, isn't it? Yeah, I think it is. I think that's part of the reason why um, Klopp actually signed him. He likes to play out the back. He likes that confidence from his goalkeeper. OK, maybe the, the tricks and the flicks are a little bit because he's Brazilian. He wants to show that flair off. And Klopp even came out and said, OK, Alisson maybe needs to, to tone it down a bit. But I think we, we've seen Alisson has actually toned it down. He's still doing it, but he's doing it to a lesser extent. And overall, as you said there, the, the playing out the back, that's part of the modern game now. That's part of the way Liverpool play and, and moving forward through the stages, transitioning from defence to attack. And he's a massive part of that. Is it fair to say that Liverpool haven't quite hit fifth gear yet? You mentioned the front, the goals, the front three haven't quite been as electric as they were last year yet. Um, and you add into to the fact that you've probably not seen the best of Naby Keita just yet and you've barely seen Fabinho. Is it, um, is it fair to say that, but also is it exciting as a Liverpool fan to think that there's still so much more to come, but you are in this position still? Massively, yeah. I, I completely agree. I don't think Liverpool have really got out of second gear yet this season, but actually that's a good sign. It means that to be joint top of the league and be sitting here thinking Salah's not really performed to his highest calibre yet, same with Mane, same with Firmino, then um, I think that's a massive, massive thing. And you mentioned Naby Keita there. I don't think we've seen the best of him. He's still getting to know the team, getting to know the philosophy. And Oxley chamberlain has been a big miss this season. And that's where Naby is going to come in. So hopefully over the course of the next couple of weeks, when he returns from injury and when we get that, link from midfield we'll see a bit more of the front three clicking but yeah it's, it's always positive when you're in such a good position in the league and actually you've got a lot more to give as a side yeah of course looking forward to um to, to the weekend's game what do you make of Cardiff have you seen seen much of, of Neil Warnock's side so far this season do you think will pose much of a threat to Liverpool I think the problem with Cardiff is you don't really have much of a goal threat from what I've seen of them. I've not avidly watched them that much this season, but um, picked up a couple of bits and pieces. And I think it's it's kind of the classic um, side comes up from the Champions League, wants to be good in defence and still offer something in attack, but it's not quite clicked for them. I, I do think they're going to be in a, um, a big relegation battle this season and probably go back down to the Championship. But I don't think it's it's right for Liverpool fans to sit and think, oh, that's going to be an easy three points. I know I said earlier on paper it, it should be a game Liverpool win. But I also think the whole point in the Premier League and the beauty of the Premier League is that there's no easy game. Cardiff are perfectly capable of, of closing down, being that low-block low, low block defence, and then coming out and, and having a set piece or two, which is where you could potentially hurt Liverpool. Definitely. And I think um, in the past we've seen Liverpool have, have traditionally struggled against the type of side like Cardiff, haven't we? I think Klopp's spoken about addressing um, those issues, hasn't he, with with adapting the press and maybe not pressing as much due to teams playing the low, ble- low block, like you said. Yeah, he came out for the Huddersfield game. He said, this isn't a team who should be underestimated. Huddersfield um, have had a decent season, but they've had a hard, hard spell in terms of the fixture list. But I think also that game showed what, what kind of threat that they can be. They're not a team that people would expect Liverpool to be beating, but actually on another day, they could have picked up a point or three. They had some good chances. And the same applies for Cardiff. Um, you mentioned there with the pressing, the pressing's not really come into gear yet. It's it's doing it in phases, but not through the whole 90 minutes. So that's maybe something Cardiff will look to exploit. And also, yeah, set pieces. Um, low block teams have been a problem for Liverpool in the past. I think it's something we're slowly getting better at. 
But again, it, it's, it would be too complacent to sit and think, oh, that's three points on the board already. Yeah, I mean, Liverpool and Anfield in particular are you know, known for, for a great atmosphere. Um, so far this season, Cardiff have been commended on, on the atmosphere that we've generated. So I think it, on, on, on the weekend at Anfield, it'll be quite a, um, a fiery atmosphere, particularly when it comes to the battle of the uh, Alay 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 songs. Um, Liverpool fans have uh, taken taken interest in hearing Cardiff's uh, version of the song quite a bit. So I think we might see um, a constant battle of that song on Saturday with both sides singing back and forth their own versions. Yeah, it's always good to see um, away fans really giving it their all at Anfield. Um, the Anfield atmosphere is, is brilliant and I think it's, it's always testament to that when you get an away side who come and, and voice um, their fans so loudly as Cardiff have done this season. So sometimes you get you get hard atmospheres when it's a, a relegation threatened team against a, a top four or title challenger. The the uh, crowd can be quiet, but I don't think that'll be the case at the weekend. I think, as you said, they're two lively sets of fans and hopefully a lively game. Yeah, hopefully uh, as lively on the pitch. Where do you think the match will be won and lost on the pitch? Um, personally, I think it would be midfield. I do, I do think you're completely spot on when you said Naby Keita's not really hit the ground running this season. Obviously, he won't be playing a part because he's picked up an injury. And we've got a couple of um, injury struggles at the moment with Sadio Mane with his thumb. Um, hopefully, he'll be back in contention. But again, that's that's not too clear at the moment. So, the likes of Shakiri coming in, I thought he had a good game against Huddersfield. And he'll need to replicate that at the weekend. Um, and Cardiff, you know, we, we spoke earlier about their low block defence. And, and that's where they're going to really be targeting someone like Shakiri, who tries to move in between the lines and, and tries to make things happen for the likes of Salah. Because Salah has found this season, he's got one or two people he's up against. He's, he's very rarely in a one-on-one situation. And so it all relies upon that midfielder to come and help him, to support him, to offer that creativity, to offer that bit of space. So I do think Shakira will be a massive part of that. And mm-hmm. also Jeannie Vinaldo, who I think had a very good start to the season. So yeah, I'd say midfield, especially given Cardiff are probably going to look to sit back and, and hit Liverpool in terms of the set pieces. Yeah, definitely. I think from a Cardiff point of view, um, where we can probably hurt Liverpool is, like I said, where we've been sitting back and then Liverpool's uh, full-backs, particularly Andy Robertson and um, Trent Alexander-Arnold, if he does play, although I know Gomez has been playing recently, hasn't he, tend to push forward and perhaps leave space in behind. Um, so Cardiff's particularly quick wingers in Josh Murphy and Bobby Reid may be able to punish Liverpool in behind there. Yeah, I think that's that's something Liverpool have got to watch. Hopefully Trent does start because he is a very, very potent attacking force. Um, he does love to get down the wing, which we've seen a little bit with Joe Gomez, particularly against Man City. But again, when he got in those positions, he wasn't quite able to replicate what Trent does. Um, so again, the, the wing positions will be pivotal. I think Cardiff, as you said, they've got a lot of pace there, a bit of danger about them. And if they can whip crosses into the box, that's something that potentially Van Dijk and, and Lovren, if he starts, have to deal with. Um, which which could cause problems for Liverpool because um, Allison hasn't really had to deal with that many balls into the box. I'm not saying that he'll he'll suffer from them, but I think it's just another thing for him to think about. And and if pressure sort of builds up, that could could be something Liverpool struggle against. But yeah, mid- midfield and the wings are are very important, and particularly for Liverpool, those fullbacks can make a real difference. Yeah, I think if there's one one thing. Um... Cardiff can offer it is to challenge Allison in the air you know, with our long throws. Neil Warnock likes his side to pump the ball into the box a lot. 
and play with a big man up front. So it'll be interesting to see how he deals with that. Um, I mentioned at the start about, as a newly promoted side, when you look at the fixture list being released, Liverpool away going to Anfield is one of the games that, that you look forward to. What would be your advice for, for travelling fans, perhaps going to Anfield for the first time? I think, you know, Liverpool fans are obviously very friendly. Um, I don't think there's any sort of, there's not going to be any malice about it. As I said earlier, it's always nice to see travelling fans coming to Anfield. And, and there's been a lot of support for Cardiff fans at the moment because of how um, vocal they are and how mm-hmm. good their support has been over the course of the season. Sometimes when a, a relegation side isn't necessarily doing too well or had a poor start to the season, the, the form and the the um, energy around the camp can kind of dip and you see that amongst the fans, but that's not been the case for Cardiff at all. I think you, you've got a very, very good set of fans and, and Liverpool fans are appreciative of that and they'll be looking forward to the atmosphere at the weekend. Yeah, there'll certainly be a good atmosphere on the touchline between Neil Warnock and Jurgen Klopp to, uh, to bubbly character, should we say. Yeah, definitely. I, I think... They both love um, touchline antics in terms of their <laughs> celebrations and, and just being very vocal figures. So it should be a, a fun one to watch. Yeah. Finally, Leanne, what's your score prediction for the weekend? Um, I'm going to go with a 3-0 Liverpool win. I, I think Cardiff are, are going to make it um, tough for us. But I do think once we get that breakthrough first goal, I think it will just start to come for us. I think Shakiri's going to be the crucial one. If he can get on the ball a lot in between the lines and make things happen, um, Liverpool should be in for an OK um, afternoon. But yeah, it's, it's going to be tough. It's going to be a very cagey opening uh, first 45 minutes, I think. But it, as long as we score first and don't shoot ourselves in the foot, I think it should be one that Liverpool come away from with the three points. Yeah, well, it's hard to disagree with you as much as it as it pains me to say that, but it should be a good game. Yeah, definitely. Perfect. Well, thanks so much for joining us, Leanne. Thanks for having me on. Cheers. Thank you for listening to the preview from the Ninian. To find more content like this, you can visit viewfromtheninian.com. We're also on Facebook, Twitter, and now on YouTube. So go and check us out. Come on, City.